Welcome to Old Treasures Made New, your devotional podcast on the go or at home, where we read the scriptures and reflect on them with those from the past. Today we'll be reading Matthew 11, verses 1 to 15, and then through J.C. Rao's expository thoughts on Matthew. Please take a moment to pause and to ask the Holy Spirit to bring understanding and to apply what we hear. Matthew, chapter 11, verses 1 to 15. When Jesus had finished instructing his twelve disciples, he went on from there to teach and preach in their cities. Now when John heard in prison about the deeds of the Christ, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? And Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight and the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear. And the dead are raised up, and the poor have good news preached to them. And blessed is the one who is not offended by me. As they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds concerning John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? What then did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothing? Behold, those who wear soft clothing are in king's houses. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet, this is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. Truly, I say to you, among those born of women there has risen no one greater than John the Baptist. Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence, and the violent take it by force. For all the prophets in the law prophesied until John, and if you are willing to accept it, he is Elijah who is to come. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. This is the word of the Lord. The first thing that demands our attention in this passage is the message which John the Baptist sends to our Lord Jesus Christ. He sent two of his disciples and said to him, Are you he who comes, or should we look for another? This question did not arise from doubt or unbelief on the part of John. We do that holy man injustice if we interpret it in such a way. It was put for the benefit of his disciples. It was meant to give them an opportunity of hearing from Christ's own lips the evidence of his divine mission. No doubt John the Baptist felt that his own ministry was ended. Something within him told him that he would never come forth from Herod's prison house, but he would surely die. He remembered the ignorant jealousies that had already been shown by his disciples toward the disciples of Christ. He took the most likely course to dispel those jealousies forever. He sent his followers to hear and see for themselves. The conduct of John the Baptist in this matter affords a striking example to ministers, teachers, and parents when they draw near to the end of their course. Their chief concern should be about the souls of those they are going to leave behind them. Their great desire should be to persuade them to cleave to Christ The death of those who have guided and instructed us on earth ought always to have this effect. It should make us lay hold more firmly on him who dies no more, continues forever, and has an unchangeable priesthood. Hebrews 7 verse 24. 
The second thing that demands our notice in this passage is the high testimony which our Lord bears to the character of John the Baptist. No mortal man ever receives such commendation as Jesus here bestows on his imprisoned friend. Among those who are born of women, there has not arisen anyone greater than John the Baptist. In time past, John had boldly confessed Jesus before men as the Lamb of God. Now Jesus openly declares John to be more than a prophet. There were some, no doubt, who were disposed to thinking lightly of John the Baptist, partially from ignorance of the nature of his ministry, partly from misunderstanding the question he had sent to ask. Our Lord Jesus silences such critics by the declaration here he makes. He tells them not to suppose that John was a timid, vacillating, unstable man, a reed shaken by the wind. If they thought so, they were utterly mistaken. He was a bold, unflinching witness to the truth. He tells them not to suppose that John was at heart a worldly man, fond of king's courts and delicate living. If they thought so, they greatly erred. He was a self-denying preacher of repentance who would risk the anger of a king rather than not reprove his sins. In short, he would have them know that John was more than a prophet. He was one to whom God had given more honor than to all the Old Testament prophets. They indeed prophesied of Christ, but died without seeing him. John not only prophesied of him, but saw him face to face. They foretold that the days of the Son of Man would certainly come and the Messiah appear. John was an actual eyewitness of those days and an honored instrument in preparing men for them. To them, it was given to predict that Messiah would be led as a lamb to the slaughter and cut off. To John, it was given to point to him and say, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. There is something very beautiful and comforting to true Christians in this testimony which our Lord bears to John. It shows us the tender interest which our great head feels in the lives and characters of all his members. It shows us what honor he is ready to put on all who work and labor that they go through in his cause. It is a sweet foretaste of the confession which he will make of them before the assembled world when he presents them faultless in the last day before his Father's throne. Do we know what it is to work for Christ? Have we ever felt cast down or dispirited as if we were doing no good and no one cared for us? Are we ever tempted to feel, when laid aside by sickness or withdrawn by providence, I have labored in vain and spent my strength for nothing? Let us meet such thoughts by the recollection of this passage. Let us remember there is one who daily records all we do for him and sees more beauty in his servants' work than his servants do themselves. The same tongue which bore testimony to John in prison, will bear testimony to all his people at that last day. He will say, Come, blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. And then shall his faithful witnesses discover, to their wonder and surprise, that there was never a word spoken on their master's behalf which does not receive a reward. That is the end of Ryle's expository thoughts for these verses. 
Let us carefully consider what we have heard today, and may the Lord be pleased to bring the growth for His 